This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm from Prague. Hi, I'm Jen, and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji, and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki, and I live in Paris. Hi, I'm Brian, and I'm from New York. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, it's Leaky. Hi, this is Christina. Hi, this is Jen. Hi, this is Olabanji. And today we are talking about greenwashing. And we've talked about greenwashing on this podcast in the past, but today we're specifically looking into what makes greenwashing bad, what makes greenwashing terrible. Um, And so we should perhaps start with a refresher and talk about what greenwashing is, and then we'll move forward. So um, who wants to go first? What, what's greenwashing? I think it's, I think it's um, calling something green or um, good for the environment or, um, you know, fresh or using some kinds of words that make it seem like it's good for the environment, but in fact are just words. Yeah, I think it's basically a marketing tactic to mislead the customers to believe that it's good for certain cause, for the environment, for the water, or for whatever. It's it's just a pure marketing tactic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like business businesses and companies are looking for how to appeal to their audiences and these days one of the cool things to do or to be or to associate with or to identify with is to be uh sustainability to be interested in sustainability because why not and so companies would rather but 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 why is it bad to to do greenwashing that sounds like a stupid question but why yeah i think for me it'll be that why fake something when you can make it real Mm. right so what do you stand to gain by saying that this is what you do to help the planet when you do not have an intention to do it it's like well it's not really fake it till you make it but why have (laughs) why have um hypothetical or imagined impact when you can have a real one and one of the bad things about that is that when you say that this is what you're doing, we can take your word for it, but taking your word for it is that we trust you to do it. We trust that you are implementing your strategies, what your sustainability goals are, and all of that plenty stuff that you're talking about. Um, and so we're be- we're, we believe that your impact is reducing the impact of climate change. We believe that the work that you're doing is reducing the impact of climate change when in fact it is not. So we should probably be doing more work. We'll we'll be better off knowing that you're not doing anything. And so we know where to focus our efforts on and 
we know whether we should continue to convince you or to, you know, talk to you about it or to, you know, do whatever it is to get you on the good side and, you know, doing real work rather than, um, rather than thinking that you're already doing it when you clearly are not. So, yeah. But I also think that it brings, it's, it's a breach of trust in the, you know, in the effort and it will undermine the um, action of those who are really doing it, who are really taking care of the environment, really uh, fighting for special cause. Because if you're doing something, you pretend that you're doing something, but you're not actually doing. And when your customers or your audience realize that you're not really doing it, it, um, it undermines the effort of the others that are really doing it. Like, I think I should give an example, but um, I don't know, there are millions of examples. Um, <laughs> it's hard when you need to look for example, but um, <laughs> for example, when... Um, I have a quick one. Yeah, please, thank you. <laughs> um, in the grocery store, sometimes looking at shampoo or conditioner, stuff like that, this is a little one. Um, some of them have switched over to green bottles or bottles that have plants pictured on them. But you read the ingredients mm -hmm. and they're still full of parabens and phthalates and whatever bad stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it looks like an attractive, natural looking bottle, um, but it actually isn't, you know, good good for the earth or they have names on them like you know earth whatever um but it's not real when you read when you dig into it a little bit more yeah so normally you should be there are visual cues that are supposed to help you find the right product but if some brands using these mm -hmm. cues that are not really represent what they're supposed to represent that's um those who are really doing it uh, the efforts are undermined. Yeah. Undermined. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the really crazy things about greenwashing as well is that it can create a sense of complacency. Mm. So if I am interested in buying only things like sustainable products, I would believe that I'm doing something for the planet. So like the shampoo example, if I go ahead and buy shampoo that has, you know, it's like, well, eco-friendly, and I basically go shop for everything that's eco-friendly, and I get home with the sense of pride that at least I'm trying, making an effort, especially if I'm not entirely the going all out, you know, stopping climate change kind of person. It's just the little efforts that I'm making. And I feel like, well, that's something that I'm doing. Meanwhile, the products that I'm buying are basically just eco-friendly as a marketing tactic and not the real thing. And so the choice is harder, right? It distracts me from seeing actual eco-friendly products sometimes. And so, you know, that that's another thing as well, I think is bad. And I think it's used in, in a lot of different industries. You know, you, we're talking about products we can buy yeah. off the shelf in the supermarkets. Uh, but it's also in yeah. almost every industry sector. Like, okay, airplanes. That's that's um that's a very big one because um I don't know if you have bought um airline ticket recently. Up until last year, 
you can offset your trip. And you know, when you offset your flight, you have this illusion of okay, so therefore all my carbon emission will be compensated. And um Yeah. And um I think this is greenwashing. And actually in France, some companies in France and in Europe, um, there are some big airlines that have been sued because they have been using this tactic. And so the other yeah. problem I think of greenwashing is that it maintains the, you know, this um, this sense of it upset. Well, actually, the thing that really upset it's your own guilt of doing the thing that is not good for the environment. Yeah, yeah. It's um, psychological dishonesty, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's breaking trust. Yes. Yeah, breaking trust in the companies. But now I think one thing people should know about that you can look up on the internet and they have greenwashing 11 recent standout examples. And mm. uh, also they have other, uh, each year I think they specifically focus on certain big companies that do the greenwashing or say something that it's not true. And oh. also one more thing I was thinking about the colors and shapes that uh, being organic or eco-friendly, there are certain labels and they yeah. use the same labels. It just looks like that. So from the distance, you kind of see the same shape. So yeah. buyer, be aware. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's interesting. One, one other thing. And there's a thing called green hushing as well. What is green hushing? Um, I don't know if you've heard about green hushing. No, tell you? me. No. What is green Yeah. Hushing? So green hushing. What is that? Yeah. So green hushing is when the companies that are actually doing work are not talking about it because they fear that it might be perceived as greenwashing. Oh. And so, yeah, green hushing is just a simple phenomenon. Companies that that have legitimate positive climate impact and green initiatives are holding back to speak up about them because they are worried that their initiatives or their actions will be labeled as greenwashing, especially when they are sort of ambitious. And so that's that's like greenwashing. But <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Uh, is is that for companies that like are they worried about the politics of it or about turning off people who aren't are against environmental causes or what would the reason for that be yeah so i think the reason would be uh yeah so they are they are afraid of um financial losses damage of mm -hmm. reputation um sometimes legal action and because the moment you say that these are the initiatives that you're carrying out um even even though they are true you start to attract certain kinds of like agencies and eyes and maybe government to um try to monitor and make sure that you're doing what you say you do and so even though they're having real impact they're hesitant to talk about it because now, now that and that's funny because it's they care more about the impact than they care about the communication of it yeah um, but 
I don't know, is yeah. the communication of it very important? Because it's, for me, you know, as a company, as a business, you have to take care of the environment. And for me, it's something normal. You know, it's like me, I'm trying to be a good person, but I'm not always trying, I'm not always telling people, oh, I'm trying to be a good person, you know, and I yeah. have values. So I don't know, yeah. the, the green hushing thing, I understand it somehow, but I don't, I don't really understand why it is a problem to, to, I don't understand why it's, it's bad to green hushing is bad. Um, I, I, I don't know oh. as well. I learned about it recently. I was like, oh, wow, there's something, there's something called green hushing. Um, and, and green hushing, I think the simple definition of green hushing is the fear of green washing. Hmm. <laughs> That's, that'll probably be the the simple way to think about it so i don't want to come off like i'm greenwashing so i'll greenwash instead even though i'm making impact for some reason and, and sometimes just like you said it's important to talk about it especially because the more we talk about it the more we the more we calibrate culture towards that yeah because a, a big part of culture is the conversations that go on interesting so they're being humble <laughs> somewhat like that <laughs> yeah. uh yeah but but off my head i think the other thing about greenwashing now so back to greenwashing would be that it it hinders real progress towards sustainability i think that's another thing just my thoughts i think it hinders the progress towards sustainability because it's assumed impacts not real impact and assumed impacts is an enemy of real impact because we feel like we're making impact and we're not and so we still get we still get the hazards well not hazards but we still get the somewhat like disasters the negative events and occurrences that come from climate change when we think that we're doing something towards it when in fact the people that say they are doing something are really not yeah. So, for example, if a huge company, like, say, a huge oil company starts to talk about their climate, like, the climate impact or sustainability goals that they have for, like, five years, it'll be, like, a breath of fresh air to know that a company with that much um, emission is making some effort to collapse it, to reduce it significantly. And so that'll come, like, a that'll come, like, a relief only if it's true but if it's not true then we're back to but square one honestly right? do you believe that an oil company can have real um sustainable initiatives to be honest i don't know it it's hard but i don't know i heard and so there's there's total total is a is an oil company and they're here in nigeria and i was at an event and they were Talk, they were talking about their sustainability goals and all the stuff that they are working on. It's like total clean energy using other forms of gases and electricity and some of all that stuff. And it sounded okay just listening to it. But I, the truth is I don't know how possible it'll be for an oil company in particular well, to... Um quite skeptical really um for two main reasons the first yeah. reasons is that if you if you know the kind of um you know the type of economic model of these big companies the decision they made 
they make today will be like an investment decision for the next 30 or 50 years. So it's, um, True. they cannot just like, okay, well, we'll change everything and we'll, we'll become sustainable from, because it has such a long um, investment financial impact for, for the business. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that, hey, it's a business. <laughs> They've been making lots and lots <laughs> of money out of something that is exploitative, yeah. that is um, destructive, very bad for the environment. Do you really think that they will stop like milking the cow? So, <laughs> so that's you know, for those two reasons. I'm really, really, really skeptical. Sorry. However, however, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> okay. However, um, the interesting thing about it is that yes, it's a business, and it sounds like from what I've heard that some of these companies. Um, are jumping on the solar energy bandwagon because they see the profit in that over the profit in oil in the future. And so whatever their motives are, it is possible and it's happening that some of these companies are turning a lot of their focus toward building uh, wind turbines and producing electricity um, you know, and and are heading in that direction, and and it might not be an altruistic, you know, uh, reason, but it might be because of self preservation, and it might be uh, mm -hmm. jobs, and it might be it well definitely is money, right? So, um, you know, unlike maybe the tobacco industry that just doubled down and stayed put. <laughs> and continued to produce yeah. and continues to produce stuff that's, you know, everybody knows it's killing people. Um, perhaps yeah. they've decided, well, maybe we should see what else is out there yeah. and hitch our wagon to that star yeah. and move in that direction because it's going there anyway, mm. right? It's going there anyway. Y yes, but, you know, for, I, I think we, that, you know, for the these energy companies, we need to, we really need to look into details and see what's the proportion of of okay. um of how the 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 energy they produce from the solar or wind sources because i strongly believe that they have invested so much in getting the you know the yeah the extraction that they will stop extracting after they've they've extracted the last bit the last the last drop of oil from everywhere that we have on this planet. Yeah, and that's just human psychology. That's just that's just character, basically. <laughs> <laughs> because because why not, right? Why not? Why would I not get the highest return on my investment? Um, if you've you've got to show me a better way or more. If if they don't do it, it will not. It's hard to believe. So. If they don't do it, it'll be hard to believe that the reason that they stop doing it is because they care about the planet. It will be, it'll more likely happen because they found a better, more profitable way. And they were, they found a way to either manage the loss or not come to a loss at all, or even make a bigger profit. That will be, that is, that is a more probable case than, hey, Stop this! It's hurting the planet. Well, what do you mean stop this? I've I've got like what 
billions of dollars <laughs> in investment. <laughs> Anytime you say stuff, that, uh, that's going to sound like gibberish. So, um, and and that's that's the innovation part of sustainability, I guess. The fact that that some some of some people like as humans have to think and not just present. And this is the hard part, but not just present. And and the companies themselves have to do like research and get deep into this, and not just take it from like a ideological standpoint, but from a forward technological, innovative, and profitable standpoint. Which is part of what uh, Johannes was saying on our last podcast about how he's been able to like, you know, it's tree planting quite all right, but like set it up in a way that is investment worthy and can scale. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. It, it's, it seems like there are now for the cars before we did not have much choice. We just had to buy gas. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But nowadays it's shifting into, okay, now I have a choice. Yeah. I can make choice. Yeah. And when, in Czech Republic, I have uh, electricity from a company. And when I was signing up, they gave me a choice. Do you want to buy regular electricity or do you want to buy electricity just from renewable sources? So I think also not only big companies, but also the that we are responsible what we're buying and what we're choosing if mm. we have a choice. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a, a controversial uh, decree law, I don't know what it is, that came down, decision that came down in Canada this past week about uh, uh, discounting heat pumps for only some people in the country, in Atlantic Canada. And uh, and everyone else is like, but what about it? <laughs> so, there's a lot going on about that right now, but it's interesting because... Um, there's a lot of oil heating, um, like like oil has to be delivered to oil burning heaters in Atlantic Canada. It's very mm. very cold um, in, uh, in in the eastern part of the country, the um, um, Maritimes, and um, and so the idea is to get people off of coal and oil burning uh, systems. And to provide heat pumps. Oh, nice! Uh, but there, it's it's cold all over the place, okay. and people are saying, "Why just there? Why not everywhere?" So there's a big hoopla going on right now about that. That makes sense. But at <laughs> least it's it's in you know incentivizing people to switch from some of these kinds of fuels. Yeah, but um, as you rightly yeah. pointed out, Christina, you say that we have the choice, and. Um, but there's so much greenwashing out there. So how do we as citizen, as buyer, you know, make the right choice? Because there's so much greenwashing. How do we know that it's the right choice? I think it's important to look into the sources. I think it's the same as with the food, that we do have a choice and we do have information. It's not going to be ready in the store or it's not going to be on the news but it is going to be on the internet and we can find names and addresses and all these big companies, they have to report to the government because of the taxes. 
So I think it just takes a little bit of digging, but there has to be reports. Even we have people travel all over the world and just take time to check out maybe one uh, uh, cocoa grove or a company where they make t-shirts in India or uh, make uh, dyes or, uh, or when they say, yeah, we have electricity from renewable sources, there is a, the, they have to report all these things. So I think just take time a little bit and maybe when you travel and check it out. I also, I also yeah. think that we have a choice to a certain extent, depends on your economic status. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot cheaper to buy a $5 bottle of shampoo than a $12 bottle of shampoo or a $10 t-shirt mm. than a, a $90 t-shirt. And so um, it's, we have a choice to an extent. Um, and I think we always have a choice, but sometimes the education has to come first yes. and, and learning about it before you can say, well, okay, I need one shirt this year. I don't need five. So I'll spend more on one and make it last than buy, you know, the shirt at the local big box store or the online place. Um, you know, I think, yeah. I think education has to go hand in hand with that too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that your know, education will enable us citizen buyers to scratch beyond the surface because there's also, that's something I found out. I realized that there's also greenwashing from governments, politicians, a lot actually of greenwashing from them. Yeah. And so for yeah. Knowing for whom to vote is very important. And so it requires us to be able to understand and it comes from education. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's so much more fun to buy uh, things with a story. And when you know yeah. who made it, it's it's pleasure. Mm. Yeah. It is, but it's not always possible because... Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. um, I living here where I live now, it's easy because I have um, there lots of shops. But if we you live in the, the suburb and you don't have so much time and you have only you know limited choices of where you can shop, that's real difficult. Yeah. Maybe people from the neighborhood can be together in suburbs and create little gardens and uh, little getting together and. Uh, fermenting veggies and sewing and knitting. We can start making community. <laughs> we don't have to go just to huge supermarkets. We can support mm. each other. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's worth mentioning to organizations that might be greenwashing currently or are looking to engage intentionally or unintentionally that you risk your reputation that's one and it's also could come with regulatory and litigation risks so you can get sued um but aside that you lose trust you might you, you risk losing trust the trust that your customers have in you and that's yeah. probably the biggest asset that your business will ever have so it's not on the books but it's what makes the books exist. So yes, it'll be 
wise to sort of watch that and not greenwash, right? And so rather than fake it, you should probably just make it <laughs> at once. <laughs> <laughs> that's our hashtag quote for the day <laughs> yeah don't fake it just make Excellent. it <laughs> yeah make it because there, there's a legal framework to combat greenwashing and it's it's becoming tough in the EU so be careful yeah <laughs> yeah there you go people just don't fake it just make it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and that's probably a good place to to end this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that being said, we'll see you next time. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Got creative. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network, for more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of The Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again, as together we can change the world.